All right, I think I'm live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this late evening edition of Trading Bitcoin with your host, Tony Base. We're going to take a look at all the markets. We're going to try to do it real, real quick uh, because, uh, like I already said, it's getting pretty late and I still got to cook some food and eat. Uh, so I'm going to go to screen share and I'm going to start off by showing you something really funny. Uh, so check that out as I pull out your live chat. Apparently, the May contract has gone up $38.98 today to close at $1.35. Uh, so that is actually hilarious. Uh, but uh, look, uh, if you have not seen the video from this afternoon uh, explaining what the hell happened with oil prices today, please go back and take a look at that video. Like a lot of people just don't understand what's going on. My dad called me today, is like asking me what the hell is going on with oil. So I've had to explain this to so many people because a lot of people just don't understand um, how futures contracts work. And um, if you really wanna understand how futures contracts work, go to my Twitter and read the, the, the story that I posted. Uh, hold on, let me just pull out your live chat real quick. All right, so uh, this contract will not be on this website tomorrow. Uh, at this time tomorrow, this contract will be gone. You will not be able to see it uh, because this contract is over. Uh, it settles tomorrow uh, or it settles in 45 minutes. Uh, no, uh, it's on CT time, I'm sorry. So it's gonna settle in, it's not on Eastern time, it's on uh, Central time. So this contract will probably settle in one hour and 45 minutes and that would be the last trade. Maybe it's gonna trade into tomorrow. Um, either way, this is uh, the current price of oil. It is $21.13. That is the real price of oil right now, not $1.35. No one is getting oil for $1.35. Maybe the US government will take over oil that others don't want. But uh, other than that, uh, it's uh, $21.09, which is actually pretty damn different than a month later. That's still pretty big contango here. $5 of contango, that's, oh, that's a lot. Okay, uh, your live chat is out. Uh, we're here, where was I gonna go? Oh, I was gonna go over to my Twitter real quick before we keep going with the charts. As people continue to come, we had over 2000 live viewers this afternoon, which was awesome. Uh, maybe I should stream in the afternoon more often. So, hey, crypto finally, hope you're doing well in this lockdown. Shout out. Uh, let's go to my profile. Uh, you gotta, I, I, I didn't take the, I, I took a picture, like, like, like I have to like keep going back to my shelves. So here is the book that scares you into buying oil. I don't know if you guys can see it in the little corner there. Uh, here is, where's my stack of financial books? Jesus. Here they are. 
I'll show them. I'll 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 show them later, maybe. So this this was my life. It's only part of my life while I was in uh, getting my master's degree. But hey, pause the screen, read this story, and this will make maybe make you understand that trading futures isn't as easy as it sounds. All right. Uh, so go ahead and check that out. Uh, all right, let's go to the charts. We're going to go to the oil chart. I don't even know which oil chart to go to. So at the moment, um, I am looking at the CL1 contract because uh, the CL1 contract, so this here is June's delivery, not May's delivery. Because if I go to the CL2 contract, and this is the challenge with um, dealing with futures contracts. Oops. If I go to the CL2 contract, right, this here is June delivery. And you can see how June delivery crashed today. But this upswing, this is July delivery, right? Because CL2 now becomes the future that was following it. And CL2 now becomes CL1. CL3 now becomes CL2. So uh, this here is July delivery, uh, and this is June delivery, but they've now moved over. Uh, that's why uh, we've been looking at, instead of the CL stuff, that's why we've been looking at um, US oil, which is supposed to be the continuous version of uh, WTI, but... Um, that one hasn't given you the latest price. I think they're trying to figure out how to re how to like smooth this out. I have no idea what they're doing. So the other option for us is it's, it's like we're going in circles here. The other option for us is to look at the uh, the ETF, which seems to know what the hell they're doing, which is USO. Uh, so USO is uh, the United States Oil Fund, which is an ETF. And, and I'm not sure what the difference is between USO and someone suggested USL. So we're gonna take a look at oil ETFs. I probably should have done this homework uh, before attempting to do this, but I'm gonna try and do this real quick. Uh, and then we are gonna take a, a look at Bitcoin and the um, 22 oil ETFs. Okay, top 10 crude oil ETFs. This sounds more reasonable. Hopefully they will sort them by assets under management. Uh, okay, where's the list? Uh, ah, thank you. Uh, so we have USO, we have UCO, and you can already see, see total assets on, well, almost like assets under management, it's not really management, but total assets. Look, for uh Billion, this is in millions of dollars. So, well, whatever it is. Uh, so this should be, yeah, this should be 4 billion. And um, you can see how USO is by far the most liquid. Look at the average volume. The average volume is double the next best. This is the ProShares Ultra Bloomberg Crude Oil. Um, this might be leveraged. If this is leveraged, I'm not interested. Uh, total returns index, that's OIL. See, here's USL, someone suggested it, but 
uh, USL is not very liquid. I don't want to trade this. I have no interest in trading this uh, at all. Now, it wasn't as volatile today. Uh, I, I got to check if this is uh, single, if this is leveraged or not. Uh, leveraged commodities. Okay. Yep, that's 2x. I'm not interested. Uh, I, 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 I think the leverage ETFs are kind of scammy. So that's out. So that's it. We don't really have much of a choice. Uh, our only option for an oil ETF. What is the lowest point you think Bitcoin can go to before the halving? Guys, I'm on record. I don't think Bitcoin is going below 5K. I, I'm technically on record saying that Bitcoin is not going to go below 6K. But, um, uh, but you know, I'm gonna, if I'm wrong, it'll be 5k, I think. My, just my opinion. All right, why isn't this letting me go back? What's going on? Yeah, UCO is 2x, so I'm not interested in UCO. Where is my list? There it is. Okay, so USO it is. Now the question for USO is because OIL is not liquid enough. So I'm not interested, you know? USO, USO is the, is the gold standard here, just like GLD is the gold standard. Now, how are they balancing it, right? So I don't know if they'll tell me, I need the fact sheet. Uh, so uh, this fund offers exposure to one of the world's most important. Yeah, I, I know that. That's not useful uh us okay how do they build it um index tracked okay but which expirations performance technicals fact sheet thank you that's what i okay fine we'll download it why couldn't you just tell me Excellent. Now, what is this thing composed of? Uh, okay. Investment objective you are so is for daily changes in percentage. Yes, yes, yes. Reflects the daily change percentage terms. Spot price. Spot price. Okay. Uh, is measured by changes in price uh, for the futures contract. Aha. Uh -huh. So it measures the changes in price, but on what contracts? Uh, near, near, okay, uh, NYMEX, that is the near month contract to expire, except when the near month contract is within two weeks of expiration. Excellent. This is what we needed. Two weeks of expiration in which uh, in which case it will be measured by the futures contract that is next month's contract to expire. Okay, perfect. Um, so, so that's what it is. So the way USO works, now we know. So two weeks ago, because the contract is expiring, so we go back two weeks. Um, we go back two weeks. So um, let me grab... Let me just hold shift right there, 12 bars back, right? So uh, 10 bars ago, 
So these two bars, I, I, either this bar or this bar, um, this, the, this jump in USO uh, was potentially benefited by the switchover from one contract to another, which is very, very interesting because I now, I am very interested in going long USO two weeks from now because for a potential, uh, I don't know if this is gonna happen. I'm just like looking at this now, but if the contango is this big, USO is going to have to roll over from the June contract to the July contract two weeks before expiration. And with a large contango. So, um, oh, this is good. I should make a note. Hope you guys make a note. I'm probably not going to remind you guys if I'm going to take this trade. I, I, I want the arbitrage. I... I got to think about this. Like I'm sure smarter people than me are arbitraging the shit out of this, which is probably why everyone went long USO when it jumped so much. Uh, so if I go to the price of oil, like I said, I usually do all my thinking uh, during live streams. So here's this crazy run up in oil. And it ironically takes place as USO the biggest and most liquid ETF is rolling over contracts with giant backwardation. Ironically, this is also the day that uh, Trump said something about uh, like uh, solving the oil problem or whatever. So uh, it will be hard to judge, but I'm going to be, I'm going to try and pay very close attention to two weeks before option, before future expiration when USO rolls over. So now let's go over to USO. And um, can USO go lower? Well, of course, right? Because the current price of oil is $21. And if the, if the economy remains shut down uh, for the next two to three weeks, there is absolutely no need for anyone else to buy more oil. Uh, and therefore, this thing can certainly fall lower. I'm not in a rush to buy this. I will try to pay attention in about 10 days. Uh, and uh, it will not be a daily nine. Uh, but if I get the right candle two days from now, if I get a, uh, a hammer candle, I, can, I might buy the, the daily nine because the weekly nine isn't that far away. And the probability of getting a weekly nine is pretty damn high because th uh, this is your five candle. So your five candles got enough room. I mean, this thing may have to like double uh, into week nine. Uh, right now we're on week seven. If this thing falls any further, it will have to go up 100% to get to that five. So I'm pretty confident the nine's coming. So yeah, this becomes very, very interesting. All right, so where do we go to next? I almost want to, I almost want to save the S and P five hundred for last because uh, uh, let's go to Bitcoin. We have uh, 
600 live viewers, more will probably come on, but Europe is sleeping and uh, Asia is just starting to wake up. So, because uh, no one's working, so Asia is waking up at like 11 a.m. <laughs> uh, that's what I would be doing if I wasn't trading. I'd be waking up at 11, uh, at 11 as well. Okay, let's go to Bitcoin. Let's just, let's just get this out of the way here. What's going on? Well, here's the, here's the interesting part, right? So the S&P is falling hard right now. I'm assuming it still is. Haven't looked at it in 30 minutes. So the S&P is falling hard, but Bitcoin is not falling hard. Bitcoin is hanging in there. And this is why, like, probably people in my Telegram groups and people on, on, uh, on YouTube, they're like, why does Stone spend 80% of his time talking about traditional markets? Well, because traditional markets are interesting right now. Bitcoin is not interesting. Bitcoin has done jack shit in three weeks. So why would I care? Here is Bitcoin in three weeks. This candle, this candle, and this candle. Now compare that to the prior one, two, three, four, even this one, five, six, the prior six weeks. We had huge volatility in Bitcoin. These last three weeks, useless, not tradable. And I've been telling you that these last three weeks have been not tradable, unless you're on very low timeframes, which I don't really like to analyze very low timeframes. Whoa, I got a bunch of questions. Damn. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I don't. I was looking at the prior chart. I only have a few questions. Okay, I'll try to get to those, but I don't want to make this long. So... Bitcoin is just not interesting. I'm sorry. Uh, S&P 500 is where the action is. Um, uh, gold and silver was where the action was until they hit nines. And oil is clearly <laughs> the uh, takes the crown this week and potentially even next week. So here's Bitcoin on the daily. Our daily candle rolled over. We now have a red two, which is not yet below a red one. The red one was an extended uh, candle, uh, expanded range candle, which makes entering trades on a red two very problematic. Uh, it makes it even worse when the candle before the red one was itself a bearish candle. So right now, once again, Bitcoin is in a no trade zone. Not interesting. We're done with Bitcoin. Let's move on to some more exciting markets. And then I will take a look at your Q&A. Uh, uh, maybe I'll look at the short term. Uh, not interesting. Uh, it's going into a red nine. It'll probably hit this moving average. But now what are these? Oh, I can probably close these. I'm done with these. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to talk about that either. All right, let's go to gold. So gold is interesting. So this morning, gold was not, uh, gold was stuck in a doji-ish candle. And uh, my memory is not that bad. And the reason why you see this is because I had said the following. At the time that I drew this line, um, let me just check something. Yeah. At the time that I drew this line, that was where the high of gold was at the time of, I think I did this this morning. I, I didn't look at gold in the afternoon. So I said that if gold closes as this 
compressed candle, I would be potentially interested in going long gold tomorrow on this green line with my stop loss being right there. Now, I spend the rest of my day babysitting my short position in the S&P and my uh, long and short position in Tesla, but I sold the long and I was only short Tesla. And that is a very critical trade that I was glued to my screen, which I did not sell going in. I, I have to make a decision. Anyway, we'll talk about Tesla in a minute, but uh, well, maybe in 20 minutes or 10 minutes. So anyway, I will be willing to go long at this line, but I didn't want to go long today. I was going to go long tomorrow at this line. So what happens if tomorrow the price is lower than the slide? Well, that makes it very, very interesting. And we will deal with that tomorrow. Okay. Even though this is tomorrow's candle today, but right now I am not interested in purchasing gold. I will wait a little bit. Tone, closing tabs. Yes, it's a very rare occurrence. Thank you, Marcus. <laughs> I'll pay to see that. <laughs> Guys, you have absolutely no idea, right? Because let me, um, let me show you something. This is one, this is one browser. This is a, this is one instance of Chrome browser. Let me stop screen share for a second. <laughs> Someone's about to have a heart attack. This is another instance of Chrome browser. Okay. It has double the tabs of what you saw before on this browser. And there's about two more of those. <laughs> Okay, so so these tabs up here, this is like not even a third of what's open on my laptop. This is why I have a $2,300 laptop, which isn't doing the job anymore. So I need to upgrade. Toad, you have a tab problem. Yes, I, I am fully aware of this. <laughs> All right, uh, let's look at silver. Same deal, same exact deal, okay? I was interested in going long at this green line, but on this candle, if this green line was gonna be making a new high, but right now, I, I did not get in in gold or silver today. I still believe this is a one to four candle correction, but it needs to prove it to me. So I will wait. I, I will wait. In a perfect world, I get a green one at some point, and then I buy the green two above a green one. So I am not in a rush to buy into a red four. Uh, yes, this was a rebound candle as a one to four candle correction, but something about this didn't feel right. And the TA wasn't perfect. Like I'm willing to forget my feelings if there's perfect TA, but um, anyway, um, I didn't do it. Uh, I, I didn't pull the trigger on gold and silver. 
I'll let you guys know if I do. So you can accuse me of manipulating the gold and silver market <laughs> like people have with Bitcoin. All right, uh, let's go to the S&P 500 and talk about this. And then I'll look at Tesla and then I might call it a day. So, man, I was personally a lot happier here. That's very good for my trade. Ah, all right, let's discuss. This is the one hour chart. Um, based on a one hour chart, I wanted to see like a, a, a further look back, but uh, a one hour chart isn't that useful right now. Let's go to the 10 minute chart. Okay, now let's review uh, Tone's uh, trade on the S&P 500. I bought puts on Friday at 1.30 in the afternoon. Uh, uh, yeah, like 1.20. Like I, I raised this red line to the top of that. Okay, let me, let me be... A hundred percent factual. I put this red line at the top of these two candles because I shorted the S&P by buying put options on the SPY, uh, but I'm not good enough to perfectly time the top. I'm a, I'm a decent trader. I'm a, I think I'm a good, I'm a, uh, and uh, uh, anyway, I'm a horrible trader. Um, there's no way in hell I've ever timed a top. So my actual entry is somewhere closer to the middle of this candle, a little bit above the middle of that candle. That's where I shorted the market. And of course, uh, that trade started to look like total crap um, Friday night after at market close. Uh, and then we hit a nine and then we had a double top and then we had a triple top and uh, going into uh, market open, uh, on Monday, I thought that I was going to get wrecked. However, uh, this, is, uh, this was at midnight last night, around uh, the same time as now. And then we opened pretty bad. We crashed, um, into mar we crashed going into market open, but at market open, we were rising. I was very confident that 10 a.m. was going to reverse the S&P 500. Uh, my confidence turned out to be completely wrong. And we continued rising higher into 11.30 a.m. I did not exit my short trade. In fact, uh, but I didn't want to double down on my short trade because tone base rule number one of trading, do not add to losing positions. I do not like adding to losing positions. In this particular case, I left myself enough room to double down on this position, uh, but I still didn't do it. But over here, I sold my long, my hedge on Tesla that allowed me not to lose too much money if Tesla was gonna be rising and not falling because my trade was skewed to the short side with a hedge to protect me if I'm wrong. I sold the hedge and took my money back from the hedge because Tesla was rising big time. And we're gonna talk about that um, after this. And then my put on the S&P and my, well, not so much my put in Tesla because Tesla didn't actually fall. 
Tesla kind of stayed flat, but uh, S&P started to fall and I was making decent money. Now, there is a reason why this purple line is there. I drew the best fit line. Uh, unfortunately, I crossed a couple of bodies, but it's touching this, 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 and this. And this purple line got hit at 3 p.m. And I said that, well, not publicly, but in a couple of my group chats, I said, and which you can't get into unless you have access to this indicator. I said, once we go below the purple line, uh, shit should hit the fan. And where does the market close? The market closes right at the purple line. That is the last candle of market open in the cash market. We went a little bit below it. This is after market hours. We hit it again and again, and boom, about an hour ago, shit hit the fan. Uh, and we will see how the market opens tomorrow morning. At the moment, I am short with put options as of the red line or its vicinity. Uh, those options have plenty of time, so time decay is not a concern. My Tesla trade does have a time decay problem and a very big time decay problem to the point that the smart move would have been to sell Tesla uh, before market closed. But I decided to be a little bit arrogant and a little tiny bit reckless and uh, decided to hold Tesla um, overnight. But I pretty much need to get out of it tomorrow unless my put options on Tesla go ridiculously in the money. Because if your options are ridiculously in the money, time decay is no longer an issue. But in order for that to happen, I would need Tesla to crash to the $600 range or at least 650 range, which I don't think is gonna happen. So I don't know where Tesla is trading right now in aftermarket trading. We can Google it. Do you guys see why I now have uh, so many tabs? So that is not enough. Uh, yeah, Tesla is actually up in after hours trading, right? So that's not helpful at all, but you gotta be careful. Uh, this is the after hours price at 8 p.m. Eastern time. We are not at 8 p.m. Eastern time. At 8 p.m. Eastern time, uh, uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern time, uh, the stock market, what's 8 p.m.? 20, I think it's 20, yeah, military time. At 8 p.m., the market was at exactly the same price as where it closed. Right now, the market is not at the same price as where it closed. Right now, the market is down 1%. So let's go back to Tesla. What is a 1% move? down on Tesla. That is another $7.50. So with the assumption that Tesla will fall with the market, um, I am looking at another $7 down uh, going into tomorrow, which is uh, not putting me in the money enough to uh, hold on to that trade further. So my Tesla short, I will hopefully the market crashes into 10 a.m. I get out at 10 a.m. The market rebounds and everyone is happy.
Huh, done. Okay, that's Tesla. Uh, the I'm confident. See, the main reason why I held on to my short in Tesla is, of course, because of the nine. I trust the nine. I trust it. And therefore, just like I trusted the nine in the SPX, okay? Look, all the fundamental reasons that should have crashed the stock market didn't do it. Uh, I believe that finally the market is going to go down. Fundamentals didn't do it, but technicals did. We have a very critical moving average and we have sequential. And I'm going to take this bet every time. A reversal candle would have been nice, but nothing can be perfect. A perfect trade would have been a reversal candle on this nine and the Fibonacci being a little bit lower. Um, okay, that is pretty much it. Uh, I don't really have anything else. Let me look at a couple of questions and then I have to call it a night. Tone, what effect do you think the oil futures crash today will have on the true oil commodity price? Well, watch my oil video because uh, that, this, that is the true oil commodity price, right? The true oil commodity price for taking delivery of a thousand barrels of oil minimum was negative $40. Somebody would pay you $40 per barrel to take that shit off their hands, but you have to take it off their hands next month. And by the way, um, it's not like you get to dictate the terms of how to take the oil. They dictate those terms to you. Once again, read this. You have to read this, okay? Please read this, okay? Right there, I'm gonna go straight to the end. Um, the exchange that screwed up did not know how to take possession of 40 pounds of cattle futures. They did not even know, okay? So here, um, as a result, it started to look into the D. Okay, oh, by the time the mistake was spotted, uh, the financial institution, not the client, the financial institution was responsible for the mistake. As a result, it started to look into the details of delivery arrangements for live cattle futures contracts, something it had never done before. Under the terms of the contract, cattle could be delivered by the party with a short position to a number of different locations in the United States during the delivery month. Because it was long, the financial institution could not do, uh, could do nothing but wait for the party with the short position to issue a notice of intention to deliver to the exchange and for the exchange to assign the notice to the financial institution. It eventually received the notice from the exchange and found that it would receive live cattle at a location 2,000 miles away for, uh, away for following Tuesday. The new employee that, that screwed up and made the mistake of instead of selling the long contract, he accidentally bought a second long contract. That's why it's 40 pounds of cattle and not just 20 pounds of cattle, 40,000 pounds of cattle. I can, I can take delivery of 40 pounds of cattle. I'll happily put it in my freezer. 40,000 pounds of cattle, a little more. 
Um, the new employee was dispatched to the location to handle things. It turned out that the location had a cattle auction every Tuesday. The party with the short position that was making delivery bought cattle at the auction and then immediately delivered them. Unfortunately, the cattle could not be resold until the next cattle auction the following Tuesday. The employee was therefore faced with the problem of making arrangements for the cattle to be housed and fed for a week. This, this was a great start to a first job in the financial sector. And this is why, unless you know how to take delivery of a thousand barrels of oil, which you have no control over, you are literally told by the short seller of that contract that is paying you $40 a barrel to take the oil, they will tell you when and where to pick up the thousand barrels of oil. So good luck to you. <laughs> okay. That was the price. Yesterday, that was the price for delivery in May. If you, I'm sorry, today, that was the price. If you were buying today for delivery in June, not delivery in May, the price was $20. It was reasonable. It fell two or 3%. It was standard. So that is the real price. There was no glitch. There was no issue. That was the real price. What is the lowest point you think Bitcoin can go before the halving? I think I already answered that. I believe I, it will probably stay above 6,000, but it could go as low as five. I am bullish. I'm bullish the market. U.S. soil has a weekly descending triangle from the $150 top uh, currently broken down. Yes, that is probably true. I will take your word for it. I don't feel like drawing it. Um, I'm going to stop the live stream. Uh, no, uh, sorry. I'm going to stop the screen share. We're still on the live stream. Uh, whoa, what's wrong with my... Wow. What's going on? Just doesn't like me. Okay. Tone, the app... The app Great Suspender uh, in Chrome saves your RAM by making the passive tabs not using any memory. You can exclude uh, trading view from going, you can exclude trading view from going passive real lifesaver. I'll check that out. Thank you, Adoption Fisher. Yeah, I'll try to remember that. All right, let me see. Is that it? think that's it. All right. So here, let me show you my books. This is the gloom and doom oil book, how oil is going to go to $200 a barrel and we're all going to die. Uh, didn't work out. Off by a few zeros there. But close, close. Nice try though. Nice try. I, I, I paid more for this book than, uh, well, I, I guess when oil went to negative $40, it's... Uh, you pay for anything a thousand times more in oil, right? But it was a funnier statement when the oil was at five bucks earlier today. Uh, this was probably the least mathematically inclined book as part of my graduate degree. Uh, boom. 
financial time series. This is not CFA stuff. This is way more mathematical. Where do we go next? This thing was a giant pain in the ass. This is, if I move back, is that better? This is active portfolio management. Every single chapter in here, like you, I open a random page and there's your high level math. Enjoy active portfolio management. Um, I don't think I, I don't think we did the whole book. Um, yeah, see, boom, highlights. The definition of alpha right there. That's the chapter, uh, but it goes into math. And then you open the next page or, oh God, like, I don't know if I can do this today, but at the time, back in the days that I was, when I was a little smarter, you know, that's the kind of shit we did. Kind of shit we did in grad school. Uh, but these are, uh, I have no idea what's going on. What's with my tech issues all of a sudden? These two books, uh, this is basically uh, what the degree is all about. Financial calculus and options, futures, and other derivatives. I mean, I have other books, but it's basically these two. This one is short, but that, that's a rough one. Like uh, somewhere around page eight, you go, oh, fuck me. And, um, and this is basically uh, the Bible of financial engineering. I think they're on like ninth edition now or something, but uh, options, futures, and other derivatives. Uh, again, any page you open, uh, you better know your partial differential equations, folks, because uh, any page you open, you're going to need it. Anyway, going down memory lane that I don't want to go back to, I'd rather trade. This is not trading. This is basically being a quant. And uh, well, you could trade it, but this is basically writing risk models and financial modeling and all this other stuff that I never really enjoyed as a job, but I did it for about 10 years. Okay, uh, that's it. <laughs> Bitcoin's pure alpha. Yeah, actually it is. <laughs> um, hey Tone, huge position in TVIX. Thoughts? Uh, what's TVIX again? Is that the double leveraged uh, VIX ETF? I uh, can't give trading advice. Uh, but um, oh god, TVIX. Oh yeah, oh it's working. Okay, Credit Suisse volatility two X. Uh, you'll probably be doing well. Uh, don't hold this for very long. Double leverage ETFs. I mean, I I talked about this in the past. Um. It, 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 they'll crush you. They'll crush you. I mean, just look at the monthly chart. Double leverage ETFs are designed to lose you money. I mean, uh, 
it's like a double leverage. I mean, triple is worse, but triple leverage ETFs are like a shit coin. They're, they're going to go perpetually down. You should only hold it for short periods of time. Very short. Uh, the moment the market starts to rise, uh, you got to get out of this position. All right, that's it, guys. Uh, I'll take a look at the VIX or VXX anyway. So the single leveraged VIX ETF, which is tradable. Yeah, it's a nice green one. I mean, it, it was rough. Like it was hard buying off this nine and VIX made it even more difficult. So instead of playing around with the VIX, I just went short the S&P 500. And I'm looking for a pullback to the next moving average. If I'm lucky, it'll go to the Fibonacci line. I think it can make it to the Fibonacci line. I don't know if I'm going to hold my trade the whole time, but take it day by day. Take it tick by tick, day by day. And uh, I'm going to drop this thing. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm expecting to wake up with, uh, with us below this blue line, but anything can happen. All right. Um, it's time to get going, guys. I'm going to eat get some rest and I'll see you probably in about eight hours. Okay. I'm going to try if I don't oversleep. All right. Uh, hey, uh, wait, the financial summit coming to Bali, my options workshop, man, I'm forgetting everything. My options workshop. Uh, those of you that are interested in trading options, that's what I really do. That's my expertise. That's my specialty. Uh, master, mastering options trading three days seven hours each day. Uh, and this is going to take place this weekend, 10 a.m. Eastern time, Eastern time, 10 a.m. Uh, this weekend is options. If you want to support my work, please check out the affiliate page. All right, guys. Uh, thank you all so much for watching. Subscribe if you haven't, and I will see you all. Uh, I think I got a question. You got a few questions. Tone, do you think the one to four candle correction only before more S&P upside? I don't know. I don't know. You can't assume that, right? You never, you, you trade the one to four candle correction sometimes, but you can't assume. You, I don't know what's going to happen in four days. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, right? But I watch what happens on the fourth candle. So I'm not assuming that. I'm assuming the S&P is going to turn into a red nine, but I will be careful around watching the one to four candle correction. Hey, Tone, we keep seeing that BTC is somewhat correlated with the S&P. It's a little more than somewhat, I would say. Um, how and when do you see the correlation breaking? And are there any indicators uh, to foresee the decoupling? Not really. I don't. Uh, I think Europe breaking up. You know, a country leaving the eurozone will cause a decoupling. Elimination of cash would cause a decoupling. Uh, many other things. But I think Bitcoin's beta to the S and P five hundred uh, is going to be severely lower. Uh, and finally, last one. I think. 
Tone, did you buy GBTC today? Premium was 7.94. No, I did not uh, buy GBTC today because I think Bitcoin is going to pull back more. As much as I enjoyed the GBTC premium being only 7. Point, uh, well, uh, I, I can actually see what um, that premium is. I didn't see it as 7.94. I saw it as about 8 or 9. Uh, I do need to update my formulas a little bit. Uh, it could have been that low at one point today. No, the reason why I didn't is because I'm not bullish Bitcoin very short term. I have a limit order set on GBTC, but that limit order is in the $6 range. And um, I'm in GBTC already. I'm not, I don't want to sell that position, but I want to add to that position, but I want to add to that position at the right time. Uh, like right here, the GBTC premium was low but the price of Bitcoin was still going down. So that doesn't make it an ideal place to buy. I want to buy GBTC when I think that it's rising and I want to catch a low premium. That is, you know, having your cake and eat it too. But considering I am a Bitcoiner, I can be very, very picky with when I buy GBTC in my retirement fund. I have that luxury. So no, I did not buy GBTC today. Okay, guys. Um, all right. Uh, now that's it. Uh, understanding Bitcoin and Malta, the financial summit, uh, options workshop and the affiliate page. Thank you for the support. And I will see you all hopefully in about maybe nine hours. All right. Bye, guys. Good luck trading.